Our text for today is from our Old Testament reading, Genesis chapter 4. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. In the name of Jesus. Charles Dickens, in his 1859 historical novel, A Tale of Two Cities, writes thus. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. We had everything before us. We had nothing before us. We were all going direct to heaven. We were all going direct the other way. In short, the period was so far like the present period that some of its noisiest authorities insisted on its being received for good or for evil in the superlative degree of comparison only. Charles Dickens gives us wise words for consideration today. Granted, his novel is historical fiction, set back between London and Paris during the French Revolution, a time of great turmoil. He dealt with, to be fair, some of the same concepts that we deal with today and that are truly present in God's holy word from our pericopes. Life and death, darkness and light, and equality. What's that all about? To be fair, our gospel text for today, along with our Old Testament text, speaks and teaches of the simul. The fact that you and I are two things at the same time as believers. We are sinners and will be sinners until the day of our death. The day that we are rescued, that our labors cease. The day that we shall see Christ to face to face. Sinners until our Lord himself returns and raises everyone in the resurrection. But at the same time, by God's grace and mercy, we are yet saints. Those redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. Sinners look to themselves. The sinner in you compares yourself to others. The sinner in you stands like the tax collector in the temple today. And instead of just having a conversation with God and recognizing our status, the sinner is constantly looking elsewhere to compare themselves to others, to find some sort of of gratification based on their status in life. The sinner truly cares nothing for equality. The sinner wants to be better than everyone else. Thus, our story in the Old Testament of Cain and Abel, which, by the way, is not historical fiction, has much to say. Cain and Abel. Cain, the firstborn, the one that that Eve cries out upon his birth, Behold, I have brought forth Adamah, the man. Cain was to be the one. 
Cain was to be the Savior, the, the promised Messiah, at least in Eve's eyes, because God had promised that from her womb would come forth a male offspring, a man, that would set things right, that would restore Eden and all of creation to its pristine beauty, that would remove sin. Cain, as we well know, was anything but. Cain, as a sinner, was constantly looking at his goody-two-shoes brother Abel. Scripture is very clear on one point regarding Cain and Abel. Abel had faith. He trusted in God to provide for him, and he gave of his offerings freely, not to surpass his brother, not to earn favor, in a simple, joyful, and gracious response to his heavenly Father. Cain, on the other hand, did not. And so when Cain now gives his offering and God is not pleased with it, Cain strikes up a conversation with God, and God tells him this, Why are you angry, Cain? Why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. You might say to yourself after hearing that, well, God is all about cooperating in our salvation. God is all about perhaps synergism. Cain just needs to figure things out and do these things, and then God will be pleased. But to be fair, God is being somewhat rhetorical. Because Cain's belief here is that he can do such things, and God is saying, okay, Cain, you want to rule over your sin? Go right ahead and try. You want to be your own savior? You want to be Adama? You want to be the man? Well, then do it. Quit whining and complaining. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps and, and just make it happen, man. But the problem is Cain can't do that. No sinner can. Saints, those redeemed, those in faith, look to God and show their love to their neighbor. What is Cain's response to God's word? Reek, reek, reek. Kills his brother. Kills him stone cold dead. Abel's blood flowing into the precious creation that God had made. And God confronts him because this blood cries out. All of creation cries out. Your very body cries out for redemption, for health, for healing. And perhaps you've fallen into that pit of despair and anxiety that, to be fair, has probably affected all of us these past six months. But to be honest, such is life. Such is life since the fall. Which is why we encourage, teach, and preach all with an, with an eye towards faith. For by grace you have been saved through faith and grace. Grace is all about the blood. Grace is all about God's work, not yours. God in His holy law calls us in the fifth commandment to not murder. What does this mean? Luther writes, we should fear and love God so that we do not hurt or harm our neighbor in his body, but help and support him in every physical, physical need. Thus, a believer, a Christian, 
first focuses their eyes upon their Heavenly Father, talks with Him, receives His gifts for the strengthening of their faith. Secondly, then, a believer has an eye towards their neighbor to serve, to love. And sometimes that's painful. Sometimes that's difficult. That involves self-sacrifice. That involves trusting that God will yet preserve you. You see, Abel's blood that fell into the ground was pointing forward to the blood of Christ that would drip from the cross into the ground there on Golgotha's holy hill. A one pure and holy blood that would redeem all of God's people. A one pure and holy blood coming from Christ which would represent the one, the Adama, the man who alone can rule over sin. And so Christ does, rules over sin. Not Cain, not Abel, not you. Christ does this, and this is done by grace for you. His word comes and sows that seed of faith into your very ear. His Word comes through simple bread and wine to to nourish you for all eternity. His Word comes in the baptism which you daily walk. And to be fair, that robe of righteousness gets pretty dirty in our life, doesn't it? Issues with our brothers, our sisters, our neighbors. Issues with God's holy law, with His Word. But yet Christ comes to be that one. Paul writes to the Christians at Philippi, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Truly you and I in this world is a tale of two cities, a tale of the simile, A tale of the sinner and a tale of the saint. But Christ has come for you. Place your faith and your hope in all that he has accomplished and will yet bring with you. And as Paul writes, and I'll close with this to the Christians at Colossae, he says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died. And your life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. It is the best of times. It is the worst of times. But Christ, your Savior, yet reigns for you. In the name of Jesus.